Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of June 4th, 2023. Happy summer, everyone. It's summertime, and the living is hot and spicy. Went to the Dallas Zoo today and about passed out. It was great. As always, I'm Jordan. With me tonight, I've got Kamish, Pit Girl, and Katie. Katie, how have you been doing? I'm great, guys. How's it going? Enjoyed the Grand Prix today? I did. I did. Honestly, it was, I watched it delayed because my sister and I watched together, and it was pretty fun. I mean, Mercedes is back. We can talk did, about this more later. But. It did end up being, as I said on the Twitter account, everyone's favorite thing, watching a young Dutchman go for a Sunday drive in the countryside all by himself with no one nearby. <laughs> Guys, it literally, when they played the Dutch National Anthem, this is how much I'm sick of hearing it. I said out loud, because at this point my sister had left, I said, ew, gross, out loud. <laughs> and I was like, I'm saying this to myself. There's no one else here. But, but, that, yeah, but that Austrian anthem slaps, though. I do still love the Austrian anthem. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. And the Spanish, the lady, so they had the lady play Spanish national anthem, and there are not words, I didn't realize this. So she was playing it on a piano, hmm. um, which was really fun, and she was very, like, there was a lot of facial expressions. She liked to dance with her face, as I say. Ooh. And anyways, it was, it, that was entertaining. I enjoyed that. Hey, girl, how are you? I'm good. Happy Sunday. Also, happy Pride to those who observe, which is also us. I was very pleased to to see all of our, our Pride profile pics and that we, like all of the brands, magically became gay at midnight on June 1st. Yep. Like turned into a pumpkin, except we turned fabulous. Yes. Kamish, how are you, sir? Oh, good. I had a eventful week with the mother-in-law here the entire week. Wife going back into the office after like the long leave from having the baby. My Spanish-speaking mother-in-law, four-month-old baby, and myself trying to work at home this week. Good times. So, and then and then the other kiddo gets his last day of school is on Thursday. You know, at least the wife was able to work from home on Friday. So this was a, an interesting week. I, I use Google Translate a lot more than I thought. My Duolingo <laughs> skills are, are not as good. It, when, In crashing like, down, yeah. That you you. Like I have like a 900 day streak or whatever. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'll be able to, I'll do it. And then as soon as you put your feet to the fire and you need to speak Spanish, like I just forget everything. It just like, like it gave you the feeling of being in high school or whatever. And it's a standardized test and you just completely blank. That's what all the Spanish knowledge I've been building up that just blank. Using Google Translate, I'm like, here, read this. <laughs> Can I get you some more breakfast tacos, though? Yes. Yes. Uh, My mother-in-law was here, and she made homemade salsa. And every day, she made me breakfast tacos. We alternated between bacon and egg tacos and potato and egg. Love potato and egg. At the end, like Friday, and I had, like, you have, like, two or three tacos someday. I was was approaching my limit. I wasn't at my limit. I was approaching my limit that I, I could not eat another breakfast taco. It's not like I don't want to keep eating them. It, it was just that my stomach was saying no. Uh, along with the homemade spicy salsa, it was just like, I need something different. My stomach was like, okay, you know, maybe you got one more day of this, but she left on Saturday. So it was just, I, I approached the limit. I, I, I feel like I, I, I got too close to the sun, but I did not, <laughs> I did not, I did not come crashing down. But oh, 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 we, we nearly hit that limit. It was. Guys. Last year when I went to the Austin Grand Prix, the morning of the race, we went to get breakfast tacos, like the whole group I was with, and they were all so excited. And I I don't normally eat breakfast, and I really can't eat heavy foods for breakfast. And so I did not eat them, and I got heckled a lot for that. <laughs> like, a lot by my sister, by my friends. Yeah, I got heckled a lot. I feel I, you, Kamish. Like, I, I think I'd tap out after, like, one day. I had breakfast tacos for breakfast this morning. I was just, I was super I respect pleased. it. 
the salsa she made too, it wasn't like red or it wasn't green. It was like orange. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it was like, it was like, oh, it was good. But oh, I could have kept going another day. But after that, I think I would have had to tap out and be like, can can I just get like an egg McMuffin, please? <laughs> so like, can can I have some pancakes or something? I was getting I was getting close. Can someone make me some plain oatmeal? I would like <laughs> I would like a bagel with cream cheese. <laughs> I was getting to that point, but I I didn't make it. Infinite breakfast tacos really just sounds like the dream to me, as someone who lives in central Pennsylvania and enjoys good Mexican food, which is very challenging to find here. I was listening when you guys were talking about good Italian food last week, and I was like. In the South, it's it's harder to find. Mexican food is easier. Even in Florida, Cuban food and Mexican food is pretty easy to find. Good Cuban food. Good, like, hole-in-the-wall me- or uh, Italian is not easy to find. Oh, hole-in-the-wall Italian like, places are on every corner here. Yeah. There are so many, like, there. there are very few chain pizza places here as compared to other places. There mm-hmm. are actual independent pizza places on, like, every corner. And then, like, for every six of those, there's one Domino's. It's amazing. I did find out at some point that a lot of the Italian restaurants in Dallas are owned by Albanians. <laughs> okay. Well, multiculturalism in Dallas is what we do. Remind me sometime to invite friend of the pod at STJ Blair onto the show and have him tell you and Beth, and Beth has to be on the show when we talk about the Schuylkill County Pizza Mafia. Okay. Good to know. I want to hear about a pizza mafia. I can't wait for this. I, they are I, not I, Italian. Okay. <laughs> are they Albanian also? No. No. Oh, okay. Just check it. But no, it's just like the Italian side of my family, even though, you know, my last name, you know what it is, but I'm not giving it away here. My godfather for like my confirmation wore like the most Italian white suit you could imagine. Nice. And he, he mm-hmm. had a, mm-hmm. he had a restaurant uh, called Tony Moran's on the corner of Bienville and Bourbon in the French quarter where they have a pasta machine where they would make the pasta in front of you. Oh, like, yeah. Like basically, you would order fettuccine and then they mm-hmm. would do the, and then put it in the machine and they would cut it right. You could see it cut the pasta. So, mm-hmm. yes, I, I, I love Italian food and, and that's why I can't eat Olive Garden. Well, this Monday, I'm going to release our next chapter of our non NCAA national championships. And I dropped it in the Discord. I'll put it in the other channel too. I just wanted to see what you guys think are the interesting ones this time. This is our third round, by the way. We now have Ultimate Frisbee. We now have things like uh, NCR Rugby, National College Rugby. We have Sailing, Debate, Baylor winning their ninth, I believe, Acrobatics and Tumbling Championship in a row. Wow. Okay, I'm upset that Florida has a national championship in baking. Yes, they do. Not the state of Florida, the University of Florida. University of Florida, yes. Can we... Can we talk more about book collecting? Because I feel like I could maybe give Harvard a run for their money just based on what's in my living room. This is the American Society of Antiquarian Book Collectors or something. It's really interesting. Every, every, they have people that support these collections. Stanford won it last year too. Okay. We're just bouncing it back and forth between the coasts. I also trying to pull apart this. The interesting one this time was trying to pull apart. Okay. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. No, I have some questions here. Go for it, yeah. Uh, all right. We, we got a couple. What, what college won flower arranging? That is Seneca College out okay. of Ontario, Canada. So a non-NCAA national championship, we had a Canadian win flower arranging. That is like the meanest looking. It, it almost looks like buzz, but like with extra stingers, I guess. But actually, but actually looks mean. Yeah. And not yeah. just sort of derpy. Yeah. That's, I mean, this is like, you do not want to see this thing coming after you. And then they want it. In flower arranging, which is hilarious. 
I also want to talk about Texas Tech Musical Theater. Yes, <laughs> Texas Tech Musical Theater. That's I it. got called out last time because I put down Pepperdine's Opera Championship Ooh. and did not put down Texas Tech's Musical Theater Championship. Mm-hmm. And someone got really emotional about that. I would like to know how this. Ohio State has a national championship in Microsoft Excel. They do. Oh, I, yeah. That doesn't. That feels like a Michigan, honestly. Like, oh my god. That feels like a someone with a business school. This is, oh, yeah, this, this is, is from the very financial like, Ohio State. Wharton. This is from the Financial Modeling World Cup. Oh, they're good at scheming people out of... So sure. that's, they just use Excel to do that, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> Am I correct in assuming that Rugby 15s and Rugby 7s is Bucknell? No, that is Brown. brown. Oh, it's Brown? Okay. The Brown Bears. Okay. Shout like out to Chris Berman's Brown. I also feel morally obliged as a formal, former Quiz Bowl person uh, to shout out Cornell for NAQT national champion, which is the only national champion I recognize. ACF can get fucked. That was, once again, the problem of like, oh, we're going to put down the AQT and then ACF comes flying and being like, well, no, that's a that's our thing. And AQT is objectively superior. Don't at me. Hold on. Ball State won the solar decathlon. Yes, they did. Explain the solar decathlon to me, please. Yeah, let me pull it up real fast. Okay. The Ball State Cardinals. While Jordan is looking this up really quickly, Purdue, a national championship in bracketology, are they trying to say that, like, hey, we didn't win the NCAA tournament, but we picked people who won? Like, I, I, that I need a lot more explanation about. That's basically they're, uh, the Purdue data sciences team came up with, like, a tournament with a bunch of other schools. Villanova came in second, and That's it was incredible. basically trying to predict, yeah. Uh, in the Solar Decathlon, Ball State University took home first place in the 2023 Build Challenge after dedicating nearly two years to designing and constructing their zero-energy home. Muncie, Indiana, shout out. My personal favorite on this one, by the way, is that I had to throw bowling men's on here because men's bowling is not an NCAA sport, whereas <laughs> women's bowling is. Oh. Mm. Title nine. Title uh, nine. Soccer at Florida State, the men's wasn't and the women's was, I mm-hmm. think. There's a few sports like that at a lot of schools. The other one I'm going to yeah. shout out here is it says dinghy sailing co-ed, but the Stanford's women dinghy sailing team actually won the co-ed division as well. It was Hell the first yeah. all-women's Damn, love it. The open it. category. Girl boss. And, mm-hmm. and they won mm-hmm. it just two days ago. That was the last one I was waiting for. Anyways, I love these. I have at least enough for one more, if not two. We're going to keep doing this. Lots of fun. Yeah, these are these Microsoft Excel, Bracketology, and Baking. Those are, right. those are great, guys. Let's do predictions because you're posting this tomorrow, and mm-hmm. then the podcast will come out Tuesday. Right. Let's do the predictions, which will get the most reaction by somebody else, like quoting, like, what school won this? And then just basically going crazy, like the BYU hip hop did that, or mm-hmm. what was the previous one that that went crazy? It, it was uh, I forgot the other. I'm predicting either bracketology or Microsoft Excel. The, the bracketology one is an easy is an easy that's joke. That's an easy. That's an, it, a, a nice layer. It's an yeah. easy joke. Easy yes. joke. And I think the bracketology one, yeah, that one, and then the Excel one is also a like record scratch. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about my tweet for that for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think I think the one that's probably gonna go off. I'm I'm just gonna go here. Book collecting in Harvard. It, mm-hmm. It's just gonna be a bunch of quote tweets of like Harvard won book collecting. Bunch of nerds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and basically, that's all we're gonna see. And then <laughs> my second one is gonna be the Ohio State Microsoft Excel Championship. Mm-hmm. I just think there's gonna be a lot of confusion by that. Mm-hmm. These are always I feel so much like fun we're today. underrating the internet's propensity to engage with content about Overwatch. Yeah, uh, that is Northwood College, I believe. Let me make sure I'm right at there. Northwood, yeah. There are, by the way, I was driving down through Dallas today, 
And UT Dallas now has billboards that say the number one esports team in Texas. Yes. So good for them. There are some schools like Northwood and like Maryville that are huge esports schools. Like that is their thing. And they tend to win these things very big. And unfortunately, it's not ones that like you can't look at that logo. People will definitely look at that logo and go like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Because that's not one that jumps out at you. Yeah. As I recognize that. I want to throw one more sleeper up there. Okay. Texas with the trombone chair. There's going to oh. be some Texas is back jokes. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. The trombone choir. Yeah, absolutely. Texas I also back. thought it said tom- trombone chair. Like if you oh, look choir. at it from a distance, oh. it looks choir. like it says chair. I like that though. <laughs> I'm glad the cataract surgery Cheers. helped. Oh, God. Chair's great. <laughs> trombone chairs. Trombone okay. chair. It's just Actually, a, it's choir, just choir makes me trombone. laugh a little bit more because that means multiple trombones, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I love also, it. the Texas Tech Ranch Horse team is very like... That's extremely on brand. That right. goes mm-hmm. oh, there. Mm-hmm. How about that? This week, we had so many schedule drops. Was it Wednesday? Wednesday, I... the dam burst forth at noon. Yeah. Or and like 2 Eastern or whatever. Whatever it was, yeah. And everything just poured out and we want to talk about some of our favorites we were joking that we were kind of glad we didn't record on tuesday because all the interesting thing happens on ha- interesting things happened on wednesday we'll start with cbs congratulations you get the northwestern Rutgers season opener on sunday it's a new sunday it's sunday a new sunday game on sunday that's the my birthday lord's day. what a on, gift on the lord's day happy birthday that's <laughs> so- also my mom's birthday too that's crazy September uh, 3rd. That's going to be such a gift. Northwestern Rutgers. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And the Lord's Day, yes. Rutgers, yes. Rutgers, yes. Rutgers. <laughs> we also found out that Bruce Springsteen's playing a concert at MetLife Stadium in Jersey that day. Oh, Jesus. So, Fuck, we, we I might have, have to take a road trip. We have Wait, is it little... Northwestern at Rutgers? Yes. So both, oh, yeah, that's So beautiful. we have people actually who follow the account who are doing the double. They're going to go to Piscataway, watch the game. And then drive to MetLife the hour up to East Rutherford and then go wa- go watch Bruce Springsteen. That's a beautiful day. It's such a Jersey-ass day. Somebody said That's that a- you had to have like a sausage roll in between here. Like on your trip, there needs to be some sort of like Jersey sandwich thing or like a sausage roll. You have to do, uh, you know, some sort of New Jersey sandwich or sausage roll to, f- to get the full experience. Anybody that follows or listens to the podcast, we really need to know and, and just go go full, full Jersey. Go for a little Jers that day. Just do it. Yeah, what's All the, the way most Jersey. Jersey? What's the most Jersey cuisine? I yeah, have questions. Arguing about whether it's pork roll or Taylor ham, in my understanding. I am not from New Jersey. <laughs> Taylor am... ham sounds like Miss Piggy's parody version of Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. That, yes, it does. I don't know what that is. It's I want to tweet that right now. <laughs> Jordan's like, I don't know tweet that. It's amazing. Taylor Ham is... That's the, that's the podcast name. That's the episode name, right? From, from Wikipedia, Taylor Ham is the common name for pork roll, a food developed by John Taylor of Trenton, New Jersey, late in the 19th century. It's Beautiful. a sandwich. It has pork on it. It looks like it tastes good. I don't know, man. I'm not from New Jersey. Oh, but you know way more than I do, because I would have been like, pizza? I don't know. I am I New Jersey adjacent, Jersey and that is sufficient. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> It's true. Starting in watching a Rutgers game in Piscataway, eating something with ham, and then going to a Bruce Springsteen concert sounds like something Bruce Springsteen would sing about. (laughs) It sounds like a Bruce Springsteen song. We're getting very meta here. This one goes out to all the all the dock workers eating Taylor ham. (laughs) This is for you. 
I'm just gonna post that in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that looks like looks good. Album cover. That could have been an album cover. It, yeah, I, I mean, did, did Springsteen? Oh my God, this is even better. I uh, hold on. One more, one more thing I'm about to throw in here. <laughs> <laughs> just the outline of the state of Jersey with like pictures of meat in it and saying it's would, called Taylor fucking ham. That's right. I would eat this sandwich. I am. Oh, a, oh, I, I, oh just so I'm we're clear, so I'll eat this done. happily. Oh, oh man, yeah. Give me the sandwich. I'll eat it. Is it a breakfast sandwich or is it just like a, a lunch? Hey, sandwich? man, anything's a breakfast sandwich. It, if you, it can be a breakfast sandwich. Okay, it looks like anything Unclear. can be a breakfast sandwich. I, I don't care. I, I, I'd eat it for brunch. How about that? Let's go into some other funny things. First off, we get our first New Mexico State home game since 2007 on ESPN. Week zero, New Mexico State versus UMass. <laughs> Guys, we live for this. This is our shit. This, this is the is year it. of the sicko. Yeah. I'm and calling I, it now. This is a sign. 2023 put, is our year. You put red or green on your clam chowder. That's the question. Both? I mean, any time, any time when I was sitting Your answer is always curses. fucking both. Lost curse is always like both. Give give both. <laughs> Just no, love them both. If I want the spice, you go green. If you want red, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more out. But they do have a spicy red too, which is amazing. Shout out to New Mexico Cuisine and, and and Jay Arnold getting roasted on Twitter today. He got blown the fuck up. Like, three million, like, li- like views on his account. Yeah. Because he had the gall to say that New Mexico food was good. Well, he, he made, it was like, well, I will put these three states' cuisine up against any other cuisine in the world. And it was New Mexico, Texas, and Louisiana. I don't know what happened. It, it seemed like an innocuous take. And then currently he has uh, 646 quote tweets. Uh, oh god 18,700 likes not a ratio didn't get ratioed and then he has like a uh, about 1400 retweets which uh, people just don't know about new mexico new mexico cuisine and that's fine you know really you have to seek it out because it's 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 basically enclosed in the state it doesn't really go anywhere else it's kind of a new mexico thing which is because new mexico's all the fuck by itself there's nothing near the state to go to no nothing near like el paso is the close and then like el paso's 600 miles away from anything else el paso's not near anything it's it's like when they say that oh you know that uh, new zealand and australia are the two most remote capital cities in the world and their closest one is each other it's just this pair of cities that aren't near anything else uh yeah I'm excited for New Mexico State to get the the football game. It's going to be a night game. Uh, you get to see, you know, Aggie Memorial Stadium. Great view from the press box when I was there. You can see, like, the mountain ridges. And Las Cruces is kind of a weird city. There's two mountain ranges on, like, both sides of the city. Yeah. And so you're either going north or, or west out of Las Cruces. So the interstates 10 and 25 basically, by uh, is it bisect or dissect? Sure. Oh, sure. Whatever. I, I always doubt my words now. So thank you for that. Go separate ways. Yes. They, they go their separate ways, like the song Journey. Uh, yeah, and, and really from there, it's it's an, it's an a fun town. I, I really enjoyed my time there. And I, I want to go back. So hopefully we'll make it back there in October. Fun news. Right. Nebraska managed to draw two Friday games. One of them is a Black Friday game. That's Iowa-Nebraska on new, at noon Eastern on Black Friday. God help us Oh, all. I kind of want to go to that. <laughs> So the, the funny thing about that one also is I think that comes pretty close to overlapping with the NFL slot on that game to, that day too, because the NFL oh. moved a game, a game on that day. So Bless. maybe. 
we must then, all do our civic duty and watch Iowa and Nebraska so as to get the NFL back the fuck in its lane. Yes. Get yes. the fuck off Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not also, your day, NFL. Also, here here are some magical words. Nebraska at Illinois, Friday, October 6th, 8 p.m. Eastern, Fox Sports 1. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every word of that is amazing. I can just imagine Nebraska fans being so pissed off, especially because all the talk we did about, you know, the sacred, oh, we don't play Friday games in the Big Ten. We don't do night games in November. We don't do all this stuff. And they're like, okay, fuck it, fine. Congratulations, Nebraska, Illinois. You're playing. On- you guys don't do a lot of things until you need money. I mean, like 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 all of us in life, we don't if, do a lot if, of things yeah. until we need money. Yeah. If the price is right, you you will wind up uh-huh. doing something. And 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 uh-huh. welcome to Friday games. Even though there was that weird random Friday game that they would have on, I think it's like Big Ten Network or FS1. Yeah, this I mean, this is FS1. One of them is. Yeah. yeah. So I I feel like that's the ones, and and I think those kind of stopped in November though. You would get them in like September. In October and then November, they would stop, but uh, not anymore. Welcome yeah. to Mm-mm. Peacock. Friday Big Ten games started like two or three years ago, and I remember Penn State fans being pissed about them then. <laughs> yeah. So. It feels like they always threw Maryland on there. Mm-hmm. This is like Maryland. Uh, uh, we need Ruckers. somebody to play on Friday. Uh, Maryland, Rutgers. Yeah, it, y'all could do it. Hazing. The new kids. <laughs> this hazing. <laughs> Kamish, do you want to do the honors and read the. NBC Sports Big Ten Let's football schedule. Put round ball rock in here for this too. Yeah, I, I can. appreciate it. We don't need the bubble bubble basketball version here, but uh, okay. if you I'll want to, whatever. So this is Peacock and NBC schedule that they that we know of so far associated with Big Ten football. The first game is is September second noon, East Carolina at Michigan. So a lot of Michigan folks were having flashbacks. This is exclusive to Peacock, by the way. Exclusive mm-hmm. to Peacock. Exclusive to Peacock. So the last time that Michigan played the first game on a new network against a team from North Carolina. It didn't go well. It didn't go well. So there was some <laughs> panicking about that for Michigan fans. Also, that night, 7.30 p.m., it's West Virginia at Penn State. It's a good game. Is, it, is there a name for this rivalry? Not as far as I'm aware. I don't think any okay. of Penn State's rivalries insofar as there are I mean, obviously, like, Pitt-Penn State is a thing as much as Penn State fans don't want to acknowledge that. But, like, none of Penn State's rivalries, insofar as they're not claiming to be unrivaled, have names. Like, Penn State, Ohio State. Land Grant. Land Grant. Okay, Land Grant has a name. That's I can think of. And, you know, the best trophy known to man, apparently. So, uh, next week, Penn State, again, on Peacock at noon against Delaware. That's such (laughs) That's Oh, my God. That's such a noon-ass game. 7.30 p.m., Later that day, you have the Charlotte Niners at Maryland. That game, guys. That's also a noon-ass game. Why the fuck is that game at 7.30? Always forget that Maryland is in the Big Ten. They exist in no conference in my brain now since they're out of the ACC. Charlotte at Maryland. That's right. At College Park in prime time. Bless it. Biff Biff Pogge's ready to go, folks. Yes, our fucking Biff. man, Biff Pogge, in prime time. He, that's, I hope he has that's why a they put him there. A sleeveless T-shirt, just coaching, like he would for his <laughs> his previous stint. He would just have like a cutoff get, shirt. Get Matt Rules like get Matt Rules smocks. Biff would look great with a Matt Rules old Baylor smocks. Just like a smock with nothing mm-hmm. underneath it. Uh, that's Biff Pogge style right there. Okay, so so DC area early September seven thirty. So humid. Yes. yes. I was so just about to say humid. that. He's going to be, be sweating through whatever he's wearing. Yep. 
Yep, that is like prime swamp energy. Biff Pogi's Twitter avatar is him holding an or someone holding an egg. That's all it is. <laughs> yes, it. it's beautiful. Uh, moving on to the next week, we got uh, September sixteenth at five p.m. on Peacock. It's Washington Only exclusive. Exclusive Washington at Michigan State. That sucks. Like that's actually a pretty good game. And that's it's gonna such be a fucking weird peacock. kick time too. Like, but, not only yeah. does it annoy me that it's paywalled, and I already pay for cable. I'm the only yeah. person under thirty still paying for cable. I pay for cable for sports. Now they want me to pay for something else, and it kicks off at five. Yeah, yeah five. Like, PM. That's five I local agree. at Michigan State too. This is such I a agree. weird time. Very weird. What? Uh, later, like two and a half hours later, we have the encore of one of the most sickos games of last year. It's Syracuse <laughs> at Purdue. Yes, the That's return leg. The return leg of, yeah, I, I cannot wait for this one. God, these two schools playing together last year was just one of the best games, I think, all year. The best gift the I had all year. Yes. The, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was early, but yes. The, Jordan, don't pretend like the, the mayonnaise yogurt gif isn't the best one. Don't pretend. That, okay, that, God, that one is so good. Perennial. The one, the, one, the one that I'm allowed once a year. <laughs> size of one Never forget. Yes. Next week we have uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame, which is NBC and Peacock, not exclusive. Then two weeks after that we have USC at Notre Dame, not exclusive. Then Saturday, November 11th, Michigan State at Ohio State, a November night game, 7:30 p.m. Poor Michigan State. Well, the, the, the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, the nightcap, mm-hmm. the land grant trophy, Penn State at Michigan State. But hey, we're playing it in Ford Field because nobody oh. wants to be outside in east lansing at 7 30 p.m on mm-hmm. black friday That's true. some people have better things to do but not them <laughs> i'd like to talk about uh, something that's not on here but i realized it when i was looking through arizona State's schedule i'm gonna drop it in the chat and i want you guys i'll, I'll read through it and i want you guys to give me a guess as to what arizona state's gonna go their first four games they have these are eastern uh these are eastern kicks who is their new coach? Because Ken- oh, Herm Edwards is gone. Kenny Dillingham. Uh, yes, he's from Florida State. Okay, yes, got it. Yes. Yep, he was at Florida State for a little while. Mm-hmm. He's 32. We've got first versus Southern Utah, 9 p.m. kick at home on Pac-12 Network. The Thunderbirds. Tickets starting at $10. Number two versus Oklahoma State, 9.30 Eastern kickoff on Fox Sports 1. Fresno State kicking off at 1.30 Eastern time. 1.30 a.m. Eastern time what? on Fox what? Sports 1. So that's and 11, then, well, I don't know. That's 10.30. That's a 10.30 local kick, I believe, yes. I, I, yeah, if, if, I don't know. Arizona's weird with their time zones. They're on the, F, right, they're yeah. on the F1, the F1 night, night yeah, circuit yeah, schedule. That's weird. Who knows? And then week four is versus USC. All these games are at home in Tempe. What does Arizona State do the first four games of the season next year? I can see, I can see two and two, and I and I can see you know one and three or three and one. But I don't know what Oklahoma State's gonna be. Do you know how much I would laugh if if Gundy lost that? That would be really funny. Well, so this is this is the this is the Herm Edwards firing time slot. This is when Eastern Michigan rolled into Tempe because I love I love the September night game in Tempe. That is like that is someone comes in. Mm -hmm. They always do this. Someone comes in. And it's always a great game. Michigan State did this like twice. They rolled into Tempe at like 9.30 p.m. Eastern or later to play this game. I Again, I don't know what Fresno State looks like without because I have to reload too. But 
man, this is not a great start way to start the season. So I hate to crush our Hawaii test actually being the Arizona t- state test dreams, but mm-hmm. I think ESPN's website lied about the Fresno state games kickoff time. Oh, damn. Uh, because I am looking at Arizona state's website and it says that kickoff is at seven 30 local, which is so nine 930 Eastern nine 30 Eastern. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's still okay. It's fine. late, it's but it's not one thirty AM late. That's just pack 12 after dark. That's all. Yeah. I like, I like this way to open the season for Arizona state new coach straight into the fire. Why not? There are the sun devils. Everyone got really emotional when they announced that the SEC was going to only play an eight-game schedule for their first year, and I'm not sure why everyone did. This is, I mean, it feels like everybody got really mad. Like, SEC fans got really upset, Uh, and then, you know, Big Ten fans, Big 12 fans are like, it's a joke. This conference, they don't play anybody. They're maintaining the status quo. And then the SEC's selling the scheduling show. June 14th, we will release the schedule for 2024. And I'm like, this is such a work. I feel like it's ESPN and the SEC basically like, we're not going to give you another SEC game unless you pay off ESPN. Yeah. We're I not going to do you, that. Once you said that, that made total sense. And I'm like, you, you, you got to pay up for it. And if you look at it from the money standpoint, the SEC doing this, it's basically that's what they're going to do it for because the Big Ten got the big contract. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we're going to play hardball, too which is classic SEC behavior. The fun part is just the reaction of everybody on Twitter. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody was so mad. And I'm just like, do we do we even care about this? Like, it's just going to be for one year. And then they'll renegotiate the contract with ESPN and they'll likely go to nine games. The, the, the people arguing about who their protected rival is for the one game next year, it's just, it's, it's off season. It's obviously just talking to its maximum, and yeah. it's it's so ridiculous. Like people's feelings got hurt. Like I can't do that. And then there was debate that Texas and Texas A and M weren't gonna play because Texas and Texas A and M couldn't decide who would get the home game first. And I'm like, what is going on? Oh, football needs to come back. Yeah, we are we are we are off season as shit right now. <laughs> I will say that uh, Greg Sankey said about the eight game schedule will be determined based on quote expectation of fairness and balance and quote honor our traditional rivalries. Does he work? Well, never mind. That's funny. <laughs> Let's talk about expectation of fairness and balance because that phrase. No goddamn way. Is, is he former Fox News? Fair and balanced. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be real fair and balanced. I'm pre- I'm sure that I'm sure that Vanderbilt is going to be courted like the bell of the ball here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's getting flowers and chocolates from every other team. Be mine. So, like, I do think there is, before expanding to 16 teams, I think there was a legitimate argument for the SEC and the ACC in particular to stay at eight games. I mean, the ACC is no longer at eight games, but like, there are enough teams that are in those respective conferences who have, in some cases, legally mandated cross-conference rivalries that they play annually that are effectively an additional conference game even though they're out of conference that like 
okay, sure. But then you expand it to 16 teams that are never going to, like, if you stay at eight games, they're not ever going to, like, when is Florida going to play Oklahoma? Never. This is all, like, I get why people got mad about this. I think Kamish is right that it's all just like, oh, we're trying to get more money out of ESPN. But I also understand why if you're not looking at this in that, like, long-termist perspective, it's annoying because, like, what is even the point of picking up Texas and Oklahoma if you're not going to have teams play them regularly, which is what's going to happen if you have 16 teams but you stay at an eight game conference schedule just make them play each other every week rather hey, shoot out every week dear god come on it'd be but, funny but at the state but at the state fairgrounds every week too yes it every has to week the state fairgrounds yes, every single week yes, except for last week. week because we have to make texas play texas a&m once uh, yes we do okay yeah and and oklahoma needs that we need bedlam yeah mm-hmm. okay that's fine i think that commission your suggestion of having a barbecue contest to determine yeah. home game location is yes. the best option. Someone said that Texas A&M shouldn't be allowed to use their meat judging team, but I disagree. Oh no, <laughs> you've developed Everybody. that. You've developed that. You I mean, use, use your assets. Yeah. A&M, well, but also, A&M. we don't know that the meat judgers can cook, right? No, they A&M, can A&M, judge I, the meat. I assume, I assume they can. A and has uh, their own class, barbecue class. There is a class at at the college, at the university. They yes. they teach you how to barbecue. So, guys, I. Speaking of, I have some questions. Okay. Do we remember? We obviously remember what Auburn started last week with the Bucky's thing. Yes. Questions I have. Why wasn't AM tweeting, we are the only school with a barbecue class? Why wasn't Florida State tweeting, we have a circus? I'm very upset about this still. I'm very upset. I hate our social media team. By the way, the class you're looking for is a, uh, ANSC, I think that's Animal Sciences 117, Texas Barbecue. I just dropped a little of the information in the chat there. Yep. It's got things such as cooking methodology, types of fuel, additional flavoring, pork, ribs, chicken, a barbecue, lamb and goat, briskets to wrap or to not, smoking yep. other cuts of beef, cooking South American style, Thanksgiving turkey, cooking whole pigs, and the course wrap up. They should be advertising this a lot more. Right? They have a syllabus online. They've got to have it. Yeah, they have to. In Texas, you have to have your syllabus online. I love it. It's ANSE 117. There's more too. Uh, there's a, there's there's a couple of different like prefixes that it used. The Texas barbecue is a permanent part of their fall semesters, with around 25 lucky freshmen taking the course. I mean, I can't imagine to register like, hey, I'm at A&M and I would like to just get in this barbecue course. What if you fail barbecue? <laughs> I think you, you have, have to leave? get kicked out of school. I feel leave, like that's right? kind of a you just have to show up, right? No, no, I'm I'm looking oh, at the no. syllabus right now. No, no. Attendance and, attendance and participation is 130 points. There are right written assignments that are 130 points. Oh, and okay. contribution to workbook work workbook is 140 points. Is a workbook the recipe? I hope it's a recipe. Uh, let me see here. here. Each member of the class will receive a three-ring notebook with labeled dividers for each topic. Students will be required to, through their research and experimentation, to prepare recipes and/or instructions to include in this notebook. Each student will be required to prepare at least seven recipes instructions for inclusion in the notebook. Each recipe instruction form will be worth 20 points. There's a whole syllabus and like points and everything. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't think you would fail barbecue. That, that's got to be bad if you fail barbecue. <clears throat> yes. I agree. Shameful. I mean, it is, word is, is shameful. Freshman, it is a freshman course. So just imagine like you're, you're stressing out. Oh, my God. I'm failing barbecue. <laughs> I'll never get this dry rub right. I have one more SEC related thing that people are very upset about. And by people, I mean the boomers. LSU now has air conditioned helmets, which sounds, for anyone from the South, that sounds delightful. And there were, of course, a bunch of boomers calling all of their players now soft, which just, let's, let's not guys. Let's just not. Anyways, it sounds delightful. Is it loud though? 
Oh no. Uh, Let me see if I, I can find I the saw... video. Hold on. Yeah, it was all over Twitter. I don't know if it's live. Oh wait, they sell, they, they sell them great. separately. It's called Tiger Air. Yeah. Buy them. You want to buy? I'm it? shocked that the like University of Miami or FAU or FIU or someone in the South, like Super South, didn't come up with this first. I feel like it's a game changer. So now it's going to be mm-hmm. P5, G5, and and air conditioning. And your helmets are no air conditioning in your helmets. If it's safe, you could put like a little AC in the helmet, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. And then like everybody was calling them soft by having air conditioning. Like they didn't ask for mm-hmm. it. They just gave nope. it to them, man. They gave it to them. Who's going to say no to that? Don't oh, say no to it. Do you want air conditioning in your helmet or not? Uh, yes, <clears throat> please. I, I would love that. These are the same people who probably are like, in my day, we played with leather helmets. Well, that's, yeah. These, these are the same that's asshole great. band directors that used to be like, oh, like back in my day, you didn't get a water break till you performed well. Yeah, well, back in your day, like heat stroke was a thing too. Okay, so right. let's not pretend like we didn't like you know you weren't doing this shit to yourself and it was bad. Uh, I'll be right back, guys. Feel free to chat. I need another. Hey, the heat one. All right. Yeah. They did. That's exciting. That's very exciting. I like Jimmy Butler. That's very whoa, exciting. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jordan left the room, but I am still singing a song. Uh, Kamish, I have an update on Fernando Alonso, um, Shakira rumors. Okay. Apparently, it's already a rumor that she was there to see Lewis Hamilton, not Fernando. Oh, okay. And I pride myself in being up on the F1 gossip. I did not know about that one. Actually, Actually, I take that back. I knew a few weeks ago someone said something about her being there to see tom cruise i think when they were in miami oh yeah um or maybe tom cruise was a fan yeah wasn't a fan fan. anyways yeah apparently the fernando rumors are not going to get off the ground because there's other Uh, rumors that are bigger whoa 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 uh, whoa, i'm I'm drinking the hendrix gen the neptunium okay if that's the new one right do you like it it is it's a little briny Mm. yeah you got like a little saline in your gen i do i kind of like I, I do too. I might try that because I Call like mine the... drier and more savory, especially for like martinis. Yeah. So for Big Noon Saturday, we have our first couple of Big Noon Saturdays set. First off, Colorado at TCU. Congratulations, <laughs> Dion. The baptism begins. Can't wait for Colorado get to, to get launched into orbit. It's going to be mm-hmm. great. By, by a TCU team who is ready to come back and prove that the Georgia game was a fluke. And, and the and, one thing about that, that, that CCU team is the starting quarterback that CCU had last year got hurt in the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. And so Dugan had to take over. Mm-hmm. And basically, so now it's the one that beat out Dugan back at home. I'm sure that they've been a little angry this entire offseason. Yes. So uh, welcome to FBS football, Dion. I would see Guys, yeah. their schedule, this is this It's is not, not great. It's it like, no. like, like Colorado's schedule is not a nice schedule. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's, that's a rough. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in week two, who do they have, Katie? Uh, Nebraska. <laughs> Nebraska goes to Colorado. Early the rivalry. contender for Sicko's game of the year. That is, I yeah, mean, I agree. I agree with that. Big, big sure. noon Saturday, two Nebraska at Colorado. Two new Matt coaches. Roll, Dion, oh my God. Uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know what else is that week, but like that, that is possibly the Sicko's game of the week. It's going to be tough. Without, Without without looking at anything else right now, mm-hmm. uh, I think a brawl is that week. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, oh. well, oh, but I do. I, I do really... desperately want to just get like the world's largest magnifying glass and inspect this game the way that yeah. you would inspect a rare insect. Like, mm-hmm. 
And then mm-hmm. week three, big noon Saturday, TCU goes to Houston. Houston, who can this is this is a Big Twelve game now. Yeah. And oh, Houston, yeah. who can score a bajillion points, but also give up a bajillion points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is... these first three games are going to be a lot of fucking fun. So so basically, the big noon Saturday folks are going to Dallas, Boulder, and then to Houston. So they're really I'm not sorry. Dropping... Where where is TCU? Ah, oh, Fort Worth. My apologies. Watch yourself. I do DFW. <laughs> I know Dallas's team. They're not Dallas's DFW. team. No, that's that's SMU. I do have a brief correction to make. The Cincinnati game is September 9th. The brawl is September oh. 16th. Yeah, I, I thought West mm. Virginia had a break after the Penn State game. I don't know how much of a break, but uh, they had a break. Please hold. And then they played Pitt. They play who? Checking. Checking. Duquesne. They play Duquesne. Okay. Duke. Oh, I saw their stadium the other day. Have you ever been to their stadium? It's adorable. I have driven <laughs> past Duquesne Stadium many times because you can see it from 376. Yeah. Uh, but I've never been to it. It seats, I think, 2,000. Well, maybe a little under, maybe a little over. It's what every school wants their stadium described as adorable. I mean, it's cute. Duquesne. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. I'll drop 2,200 seat multi purpose facility in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's great. Love Named it. Named after Art Rooney. Seriously, mm-hmm. like you, you could just be walking on Duquesne's campus and then you're in the stadium. That So, so until Georgetown made theirs nicer. That's what you could do at Georgetown because Georgetown was just like in the middle of campus with no real gates around it. You could just wander onto the Now, now they've built up some buildings around it, but it used to be, you could just like walk through Georgetown and you'd be on the field back when it used to be multi-sport stadium. There needs to be like some sort of fence, right? Is there a fence? Yeah, there's some sort of fence, but like, it's not, it was not a big deal. I mean, you can see how close in the, in in the Duquesne photo, you can see where the people like, there's street parking on the road of the stadium. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Duquesne's entire campus is like that. Um, Pitt's campus is also like that. It's both of them are very urban and it's all just like you can park wherever there are no parking lots. It's like you are in a city and there is a college that happens to be here. Um, fun fact. Also, Rooney Field is the smallest stadium in FCS. Is it so, really? Adorable is exactly right. Okay. So I don't feel quite so bad. They brought down the capacity. It used to be 4,500, and they brought it down to 2,000. They had to right-size that. Everybody make their stadium smaller. Make it more intimate. I mean, this is this is intimate as hell. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I'm going to drop another picture. You can see the seating on the away side, guys. It's it's not like, it is not bleachers. It is some stairs. Mm-hmm. I love it. Me too. Or if, you have a, if you're in the dorm right there, you can just watch the game. Oh, yeah, yeah from your window? For oh, sure. Seriously, you're in the, the, the giant... <laughs> tower dorm that every campus has the the large ridiculous tower mm-hmm. dorm that every shout single out to, shout out to has. jester center at university of texas one of the only dorms to have their own zip code for a while <laughs> that's fun that's actually, really fun now actually i need to see how dorm had its own zip code yeah they used to i don't know if they do any, i don't think they do anymore this was built in 69 it has a capacity of 3200 students in one dorm yeah Jeez. that's a lot that's yeah. a lot. Zip codes exist to make things easier for the postal service, not to be units of geography. So if the dorm is big enough, it makes sense for it to have its own zip code. This has been zip code facts with Pit Girl. According, <laughs> according to student folklore, the structure was designed by an architect who specialized in prison design. Specifically <laughs> women's prisons due to the shower heads being placed fairly low. Okay, sure. Where do you find this stuff, man? 
<laughs> so the reason I know that it exists is because I stayed there for summer camps. Oh. <laughs> so okay. I actually I actually know it's there for a reason. Okay, all right, all right. That does sound like something I would just know, though, right? Yeah, like, just... it, it, like I'm like, you Googling and finding this? What's going on? So now we need to talk about the newest bowl upheaval. <laughs> so long, cheese it Bowl. I've yet to see Prince Chedward with a newspaper. I don't know if he's alive, guys. I don't know. The anti-monarchist sentiment in Florida may have killed him. <laughs> this was their glorious revolution. Mm-hmm. And Ched Z was their Cromwell. I'm very sad that's about this. Not, but that's not, mm. that's, no. Nope. I'm mixing so, my metaphors and it's okay. So sure. I wanna... <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll steer out of that. Uh... <laughs> So the new bowl is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. It replaced the Cheez-Its Bowl. We want to know a couple of different things. We were talking about Prince Chedward, his disappearance. Is he dead? Did Ched Z from the, the Cheez-Its Citrus Bowl kill him? If if the costume, if you're not going to use the costume anymore, I will buy it. And so I posted on Instagram. I was like, shout out to the new Pop-Tarts Bowl. And we beveled their new logo on the Sickos Committee Instagram here. And I said, we need to figure out what happened with Prince Chedward. Our top suspect is Ched Z from the mm-hmm. Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Mm-hmm. The the Citrus Bowl replied on Instagram and said, Ched Z would never. I was like, well, we got to find Chedward now. We need answers then. We need yeah. answers. I need, I need a picture. I need, answers. I need him with a newspaper. Today's newspaper. You know, we haven't seen Ched Z either. I'm blaming a toaster because toasters are what you use to make Pop-Tarts. This is a toaster's fault. Mm. Or an air fryer, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So... You air fry a toaster? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the combo. A so there was some... air fryer, pop tart, not a toaster. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh no, the air fryer, aren't air fryer toaster combo things? Isn't that a combo thing? No. That sounds great. I don't know. That sounds good. It sounds right? great. Well, I think my mom's air fryer is also a toaster. I air think mine may be one too, but I never tried that. <laughs> oh god. How long would you put a pop tart in an air fryer? Can you like air fry a pop tart? Is something that's auto completing. Oh, yes, yeah, this is Google a thing that. that people have done. Oh my God! Can you air fry? Yeah, it's it's back in the turn pandemic it, where everybody palm. What can in the you, pandemic when everybody bought air fryers? I will say that after Duke's Mayo, the Duke's Mayo Classic, we got to break some news for them too. On when everything dropped on one p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, we were drop we were breaking news for the Duke's Mayo Classic as well, saying, "Hey, for the it's the week one game, I think." Yes, the, the Duke's, Duke's Mayo, Classic. Mayo Classic. It's going to be North Carolina versus South Carolina. Every match of the 2021 Duke's Mayo Bowl. We were super excited about this. But then this Pop-Tart Bowl news just like rolled them. It trumped us. And it was our, and- first, our first breaking news story. And we got, we got one up by the Pop-Tarts Bowl. <laughs> so then the Duke's Mayo Bowl on like Saturday morning posts an, a, a video of their social media guy walking through a, a grocery store. And taking a jar of Duke's Mayo and just putting it on the shelf in front of Pop-Tarts. <laughs> that was great. Which is great. <laughs> and so then tonight I did something awful. Yeah, you did. Oh, and I'll no. post this later. I, I had fucked up and I'd bought some unfrosted Pop-Tarts. And I had oh, some Duke's Mayo. I know where this is going. Oh, And I was like, Gordon. you know what? We can all be friends. And I made a video of myself putting mayo on a strawberry Pop-Tart. And I frosted took or unfrosted? Light. Unfrosted. Okay. The mayo was the frosting. The mayo was the frosting. All right. right. And uh, I don't think they can get along. They did not get along in my stomach. No. I can still taste it. I actually (laughs) just found a pocket of mayo and Pop-Tart. Oh. It was not good. Psychic damage. Psychic damage. I don't think they can get along, guys. I think we're just going to have to. We can't be friends. They can't be friends. No. 
but we do need a Pop-Tart ma mascot. Someone was very smart and been like, you know that Kellogg's owns all this. Like, I fucking know this. Okay, don't don't play with me here. I don't need that. I don't need your real shit. Okay. I have a suggestion for how they can get along. Mm. And I might actually try this. Mm. Um, when you make grilled cheese, has any does anyone besides me put mayonnaise yeah. on the outside of your grilled cheese? I don't do this, but I've understood I understand why people do this. Yes. Excuse me. I want to now fry a pop an uniced pop tart like you do a grilled cheese with mayo because i feel like this is going to make it crispy and you're not going to be able to taste as much mayo i'm going to try this because okay. because let me tell you when you just put it on a pop tart you can taste <laughs> no, the mayo yeah. uh -uh. Uh -uh. you can taste the mayo a lot you need for it to meld in and become crispy kind of like it does on a yeah i know, I'm this I know some people would put butter on their pop tarts on the unfrosted ones they would butter yeah. those and the then mayo would it work. would be like warm butter on the pop tart so maybe well, warm mayo is. Yeah. A, a grilled a grilled mayo pop tart. Welcome grilled to mayo pop tart cannibals. is different than warm mayo. See, I wouldn't even post this in cannibals because, like, this is no. Like, this, this is, is a food crime. crime. Yeah, it would need to get content warned as a food crime because it is a food, a food crime. crime. <laughs> this is a food crime. But I did, I did, I did, I did. Oops, I did a food crime. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we want to talk a little about the College World Series, although I'm not going to say that because. Kamish said that there was College World Series stuff going on tonight on the oh. Twitter account. Everyone's like, ahem, these are the regional and super regional rounds. The College World Series is the final oh, eight teams in yeah. Omaha. And I said, you're absolutely right. I'm firing him. <laughs> and then someone and then someone accused me of being anti-union and anti-worker. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck yeah, our followers. Hell yeah, you're right. Just, I was being anti-union. The Sikos just... committee is unionizing as we speak, actually. Oh, as we speak. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, I just call it the College World Series regional, but I left the part regional out normally. So mm -hmm. whatever you want to get all just like, start well, actually me, I'm like, okay, passive aggressively saying it's the thing before the College World Series or something really dumb and dismissive. The thing before the college I got World I got Series. jumped on for calling the uh, the first round of the Champions League the wrong thing because it's like the pre-qualifying preliminary yeah. first round whatever and someone's like um excuse me it's the qualifying preliminary pre-round or whatever it was fuck off you knew what i was talking about it's the one where montenegro and iceland play who the fuck cares mm -hmm. i do but like yeah. <laughs> like who cares I was gonna say, montenegro called? iceland sounds great actually yeah, hit me with the the viking clap speaking of jordan long names really quickly do you know the name of the imola race in formula one no, I don't. It's like, it's, it's, it is the Formula One Qatar Airways Grand Premio del, del Mare in Italy, El de, del Emilia Romagna 2023. Hell. I butchered half that. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And the first time I saw it, I was like, what are we talking about? It's just Imola. Oh, it's Imola. Oh, okay. I know that. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. Long name to say. So we've got, we've got some college world series, pre-college world series action going on. We'll just and say it's the regionals, the College World Series regionals, the regionals right now. We have some World Series uh, regional drama. The Penn Quakers. Yes. The Quake Show, hashtag Quake Show. They were the four seed going into the Auburn regional. They went into 11 innings against the Auburn Tigers. Then they decided to bunt three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Yes. They they executed yes. two safety squeezes to perfection. And they won that game 6-3. Uh, they got three runs off of bunts. Like, just perfectly placed bunts. So the, the Penn folks bunting the Quake show. And then they won the next round. So the, the Penn Quakers are just sitting 
at the Auburn Regional, which Auburn got eliminated the game after this, the the <laughs> the one seed at the regional, they are they are. Uh, I don't think they're playing this evening because there's been a lot of rainouts. Apparently, a lot of rainouts. So they're going to play the winner of. Uh, oh, actually, you know, Southern Miss did defeat Samford. So Penn is playing Southern Miss right now in the bottom of the fourth. The Penn Quakers could be going to a super regional, which is a best two out of three series, and so that. That's going on. I want to, you know, go down the cannibal thing, which is some crazy food combinations here. This is back. Last year, it it, it showed up. These and this year, it's back gone. again. Uh, so, it, um, I, yeah. The, so, the, the read the first one, because there, there are two others that are also criminal. But read right, the so first the, one. So, the first one I have here, it is called the Vanilla Lobster Milkshake. It is at the Miami baseball stadium it is a lobster tail vanilla ice cream vanilla syrup and butter i've seen this it is is a whole goddamn lobster tail Uh too they are not joking Uh yeah they are not only 12 dollars. by the way they're all 12 dollars. i would taste this i would do that i would also like to talk about the texas barbecue brisket yes milkshake i posted pictures as well that as well guys it has brisket on the side vanilla ice cream Barbecue sauce and a cornbread floater, yes. And then I don't know if I'd try that. The Raging Cajuns Louisiana Tabasco milkshake, which is vanilla Tabasco and uh and a little thing called a uh, Tony Tony Shattered Tony, Tony Chachers. Whatever you call it. Oh no, oh my god. What? No. Tony no. Ch- Tony Chachas. <laughs> we always called it Chachers in the in the in my family. Say oh, it, say it. So I, I almost want to do the Louisiana pronunciation game with Katie here if she pulled the Tony shot. I off. know some of it. I have an aunt who lives in it's, New Iberia. It's, lived it's, in New Iberia, it's, but it's Tony. I don't know a lot it's of it. Tony Saturies. So Saturies. Okay. I knew Tony that. For the record, I knew that. I, I believe you, Pit Girl. I, I know you know Tony Saturies. So I think <laughs> I sent I, uh, Beth one too. I sent her some Tonys. Uh, my favorite part of of the to- uh, you know spreading the gospel of the Tony Saturies. Uh, the Cajun season. Oh, we use it. Used it oh, a ton growing up. Use it all up. the we time. Just mispronounced it. I was evacuated. I was evacuated in like Vero Beach, Florida, Fort Pierce, Florida, for Katrina. Yeah, I used to live in Vero a long time ago. So I was there with my grandfather, and he's reading the back of the Tony Saturies thing. It's like it's like salt, pepper, you know, other spices, and so he's like, "Oh, this is not that bad." And he pours a handful in his hand, and then he goes, and he just just throws it in his mouth and he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> I've never forgotten that. He's like, oh, there's a lot more in there than it says. Oh, yeah. So, so we're going to do a Tony, Tony, Tony Cha-Cha's challenge. <laughs> the, newest, the newest TikTok challenge. Tick girl is the youngest. You have to get us on TikTok. No. Come on. Tony no. Cha-Cha's. I'm also not the youngest. Oh, you're not? We'll get, we'll get I'm Joey not the to youngest. This is Joey's problem. We'll get Joey to, okay, we and can... Joey actually does TikTok. Okay, we'll get Joey to do it. Joey can do TikTok, whatever. <laughs> Just taking a tablespoon of- I am almost 30. I am t- also too old we, for TikTok. Can we can we call it like SickTok? You know, like our account would be SickTok? SickTok is great. Sick talk. I love that. Yes, haha, yes. I did record my video in horizontal because I am old and still think that horizontal videos are- the best way to do things. I hate vertical videos so goddamn much. Let's let's move on to the next up about the college world series regionals, folks. The regionals. Uh, you're not kicking me out of the committee. Sorry. Uh, beyond the left field, in the Indiana State field, uh, I don't even know how to say this this city. I think it's like no. It's Terre Haute. Terre Haute. I did know how to pronounce All that. Right, Terre Haute. Terre Haute. Uh, famous, famous for what, guys? 
there, there's a cemetery. Oh, not that. Right beyond left field. But okay. That's, that's oh. something famous. I believe Terre Haute is the home of the big federal prison. <laughs> okay. Google on, no, I think it. you're right. I think you're right, Jordan. County seat of Vigo County, Indiana. Yeah, is the U.S. Penitentiary is a maximum security U.S. federal prison for male inmates in Terre Haute. Yes. Okay, it's also where, home uh, to Indiana State and Rose Holman. There you yes. go. We're going to the famous inmates that have been there. Mm-hmm. Continue. I'm gonna look at the good Oh ones. God. Ooh, Terre Haute prison experiments. Oh, oh uh, God. Okay, okay. Oh God. <laughs> it's getting bad. Let's 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 talk about the uh, Indiana great. State Regional. So beyond the left field wall, we did our best to Indiana- derail it. <laughs> at the Indiana State, well, I mean, it's fine. Either way, this is is beyond the left field wall at the Indiana State baseball field. There's no stands, but there is a graveyard. I would argue that those are stands for people too. Yes, That's, they, maybe you know, they just really liked baseball. They're just dying to get in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fucking hate you so goddamn. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> that was great. You know, I had, what both. Two liked it, one hated it, but yes, perfect. The <laughs> perfect satisfaction on the podcast. Rate us five stars. So, uh, <laughs> 66%. It works all the time. Perfect. <laughs> so, Indiana State goes to the final of the regional against Iowa. The Iowa Hawkeyes baseball team had a little bit of trouble on the holiday 6 4, which is the Iowa holiday of 6 4, June 4th. Iowa hit more batters in one game. 10. They hit 10 batters in the game against Indiana State. Then they had passing touchdowns all last year, seven. But hit more uh, batters, meaning they had wait. 10 hit by pitches? They, no, they hit 10 Indiana State batters. Yeah, like that's, that's a grudge. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You have wow. to be doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Uh, no. Kentucky I'm apparently just... also got pelted a bunch of times this weekend, too. Yeah. Um, so Indiana State defeated Iowa to to move on to the Super Regional. So the Hawkeyes, after they hit too many sycamore trees, um, they got eliminated. Unfortunately, Iowa had some crazy games. They they almost blew a lead to UNC. They were up five one in the top of the ninth. Uh, they held oh, on five four. They held on five four to win that one. Uh, then they went. They played UNC again because it's double elimination. They played them again. And they won in 13, 6-5, 13 innings. And then uh, they hit 10 <laughs> Indiana State batters and got eliminated. And then we had shit like Tulane getting stuck at the top of the seventh for 24 fucking hours today. Because <laughs> all the regionals were in the southeast of this country and it rained. Yeah. Across oh, yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Fucking like the loading, like the loading bar that just won't keep going. Stuck at 55%. It's like, hey, I think it was they had one out in the top of the seventh. And they were down 7-2 to Sam Houston State. They, they were just stuck because in Baton Rouge, there was just lightning all around. So a lot of the time, there wasn't even rain at the field. There was just lightning in the area. So it looked sunny, but there's lightning all around it. So they couldn't play because it's within a certain radius. Yeah. So poor Tulane. They lost two games and got eliminated from the regional after making the regional at 19-40. At and 40. What was the college softball World Series drama that we had? I, I don't know. Is there any? I just put question mark there. Florida State's been killing it. I don't know about drama, but we go. go Lady Knowles. It's been Ooh. beautiful. Are they Penn, still alive? Penn Baseball is mad about the pitch clock. Wait, uh, no. Florida State's got eliminated. No, we didn't. We we won last night against Washington. Uh, oh, no. You're still alive. Okay. There's double the Yeah, in the women's. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. This is... Oh, that's still going. My parents 
I, because my dad's retired now. I mean, they started this during the pandemic, but like they will watch any college sports. Also went to their house a few weeks ago and they were watching the XFL. I was like, what is happening in this house? We're playing cards. We walk I, or we walk in right before we started playing cards and my dad has the XFL on and I'm like, it's just on. Yeah, it's just incredible. It's just my parents are absolute sickos. You've converted your parents. Y- yeah, seriously. They're fully supporting you on the podcast. They you know that. They're, they're proud of you, Katie. It's true. Finally, true. that you've earned their love. That, finally. <laughs> yeah, now that I talk about dumb college sports, this is what did it. <laughs> Hi, Katie's parents. So proud. So proud. As always, we want to plug some of our own stuff. For $5 a month, you can join the Sickos Committee Patreon and Discord and come yell at me about my bad opinions in person. We will walk you through all of the steps. For, so even if you're a boomer like Katie, we'll help you through it. We'll get you figured out. We'll get you settled on the proper topics. The folks that have been in there have already been helping out so much and contributing a ton of stuff and a bunch of different opinions and thoughts. If you want to talk about serious college football, we got that. If you want to talk about goofy college football, we got that. If you want to talk about your pets and your alcohol, we got that too. So come join us. Also... We have merch. It is great. Get yourself, get your father or the father figure in your life, the gift of Sigos Committee merch and explain it to them and let them know that, hey, this is a thing that I follow. Enjoy that. Also, shout out to the Message Board Geniuses podcast. They were off last week, but they are back this week talking about the places in college football world that we dare not tread. Uh, there was there was one post that they had, and I really hope they're going to talk about this on their podcast. There was a West Virginia person, which Beth is not here to defend this person, but they wanted to know the best place, the best restaurant where they could get pigeon. <laughs> I think I saw this, and I was like, I don't, I don't need to read all this. It's going to be disturbing. It was posted at five fourteen in the morning, so they looked like for so they were looking for someone woke up pigeon. early, being like, I want pigeon, pigeon for breakfast. So I'm here. And I want to talk about the best teams season of all the best season of all time for teams who are below 500 all time. The SOTWAP 500 at and y'all let's talk about the Beavers. I don't know that I realized how bad, how down bad they were historically. <laughs> I knew that they were bad. I didn't realize they were that bad. We're going to go to 2000. Where were y'all in 2000? I was hey, in high school. There you go. Kamesh, what were you doing in 2000? Monroe, baby. Monroe. Yeah, I was actually living. Oh, no, I was living in Lakeland. Never mind. Central Florida. I was in high school, you know, joined the high school. Um, I was five. God damn it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, A child. I told you. So let's talk about the 2000 Oregon State Beavers. This is the year that they win the Fiesta Bowl. The Beavs. The, the Beavs win the Fiesta Bowl. This is their big thing. Head Beavs. coach Dennis Erickson. Y'all, Dennis Erickson's career is one of my favorite things in the world. Let's go through some of this here. I, he went to Montana I, State. Hey, you already did. I, the, you had a Substack. Go for it. Yeah. So, like, I did a Substack on the. We explored the journeyman coaches, and I, I did a Substack on them. It basically explored the Dennis Erickson journey, coaching wise, which he racked out, uh, racked up just tons of mileage in his coaching career, which was absolutely ridiculous. So we're, you you read it out here, but I just want to let you know, and I broke it down, that his his journeyman travel totals, that if you drove his entire coaching career, it was 261 hours of driving, and it was 17,040 miles driven. Because so, this man coached at Idaho twice, guys. Yes. Okay? 
Idaho, head coach for the Stumps. Idaho, Wyoming, Wazoo, Miami. Good Miami, 89-94 Miami. Yeah, I remember him at Miami, yes. Bad Seattle Seahawks, 95-98. Good Oregon State, 99-2002. Okay, 49ers, no, bad 49ers, 03-04. Idaho again. And then Arizona State, 2007-2011. Some extra stuff in between. And then coach the Salt Lake Stallions in 2019. That was AAF, I believe? AAF, yes. Okay. We've got all this stuff, but let's talk about sort of where where Oregon State was at at this point in 2000. Between 1969 and 1998, Oregon State had six winning seasons. Ouch. Okay. That's, between, between what? 69 and 98. They had six winning seasons. That's rough, buddy. I, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, looking, I'm looking at the Winsipedia. I don't see any winning seasons. Oh, God. Isn't that bad? Oh, God. Is it if you maybe... Well, never mind. No, that's bad. No, I see... From 1970 to 1999, well, there may be some like infraction violations, but they could have taken off here, like NCAA <laughs> violations, maybe, maybe. Anyways, they're down. They were down very, very bad. Very bad. Okay, they were the basement of the Pac-10, Pac-8, Pac whatever you wanted to call it back, like at that whatever whatever it was at that point. They were the basement of it. This bowl game appearance was their second bowl game since the '64 Rose Bowl, and this to set this up. Mike Riley, who was Oregon State's head coach, left for the Chargers because, of course, he did. Like every good coach, you go to the Chargers. And Dennis Erickson was back in college after his stint at the Seahawks, which also went very badly. Uh, and I, I, I'm going to say Dennis Erickson's Seahawks stint was just incredibly mediocre. I would okay. say like Saban-esque at the Dolphins. But it was it was it was not what they expected after no. like a Miami coach going there. Yeah. Uh, the and... funny thing is, the funny thing is that Mike Riley got hired to go to the Chargers from Oregon State after he went five and six at Oregon yeah. State. In his first year at Oregon State, the Beavers went seven and five, and they ended a drought of twenty-eight straight losing seasons. Oh my gosh! Like that is what Dennis Erickson did here is basically what the Purple Wizard did at Kansas State. Like that's what we're talking about here. That oh, yeah. kind of turnaround. Because after just one season, we're talking about a national title or very close. We're going to have a big what if game in a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk about this team. Erickson brought a type of swagger and belief, said cornerback Keith Hayward Johnson, now an assistant at Louisville. He brought in the fighters mentality and we embraced it. Practice, practice wasn't civil at all. There were lots of fights. I vividly remember TJ, you're going to have to help me here. Hushmanzada. Hushmanzada getting yes. tackled by the ponytail that was always sticking out. Yes. This was a, you want to talk about like a gritty team? This Oregon State team was gritty as fuck. I, I love the swagger and belief. You know, Dennis Erickson, the swagger and belief from Miami days, bringing that to Corvallis. Who is their quarterback this year? Why? A person by the name of Jonathan Smith. Why might you know that name? Because he's the current head coach at Oregon State. How about that? How about that? He was cool, a former sir. walk-on and got named starter midway through his freshman, freshman season. And he became a four-year career starter. Also on this roster, a man by the name of Chad Johnson. You might know him as Chad Ochocinco Johnson. <laughs> Is it he'd hyphenated? He'd been, that's his middle name now, I believe. <laughs> he'd been playing junior college ball at Santa Monica, Santa Monica, Santa Monica College. And Hushman Zada was actually playing junior Juco at Cerritos College down at Lower Decks. We are talking about Erickson coming in and being a recruiter and like patching the holes and finding these explosive playmakers, the most 2000 sign you'll ever see for president, not oh Bush Cheney, God. not Gore Lieberman, 
But Smith, Simontan, Simontan was there. Running back was amazing. Go Beebs. There's a lot of extremely 2000s shit in this, guys. The font is like aggressively 2000 also. Yeah. It's just so, so, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to say this again. Like the Beavers never having a winning season for 28 years drew me to them. Yeah. Like just to root for them. And this is kind of where the Sickos Committee comes from. Like with the Iowa State love, Oregon State, you got my fandom because you just, for some odd reason, you could not put it together but it's it's i started rooting for if you we, if we had done you know? if we had done this thing before the year 2000 i'm not sure what season we would have chosen oh god right like think about that oh that's bleak it would have been like a seven and three season where you know oh. uh there was an eight and two 57 and i think they went to a rose bowl in 62 64 okay. they won the rose bowl in 64 Okay. This season, they're coming off a seven and five season. They go to the they go to the Hawaii Bowl, the Oahu Bowl at the time, and they're like, "This thing is going to turn around." Let's talk about their schedule. First game against Eastern Washington. They win it twenty nine nineteen, barely. Twenty one nineteen, yes. Twenty one nineteen, barely. It was real close. Very close. Then they go to New Mexico, and only win twenty eight twenty. And we're looking at this, and you're going like, "This this team is just this is going to fall apart." San Diego State, they win 35-3. Then they beat number eight, USC, 31-21. Now, y'all, I'm not going to lie to you. This USC team was ass, and they were ranked way too high to start with. This USC team ends up going five and seven, two and six in conference, but they were ranked they were Wait, ranked eighth at the beginning. Well, Sounds it, like USC, though. It wasn't, was this the, the year that they had USC really, really high and like maybe almost preseason number one? And then they just like fell apart within the first month of September. Which which year are you talking about? That's several years. Be more specific. <laughs> Sorry. Be more specific, please. Sorry. Then we're going to talk about this game a lot later on. But they lose. They're ranked twenty third. Oregon State is, and they lose at number eleven Washington. No. Thirty to thirty three. And I'm going to make an argument that this game keeps them out of the BCS title game. They beat Stanford thirty eight six. They beat ranked UCLA 44-38. They beat Wazoo 38-9. They beat Cal 38-32. They beat Arizona 33-9. And then against Oregon, against number five, Oregon. This is a top 10 Oregon-Oregon State game, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that is number five, Oregon, number eight, Oregon State. And Oregon State wins it 23-13. And then the beautiful part of the season they blow Notre Dame the fuck out at the Fiesta Bowl, forty-one to nine. They absolutely drop the hammer on Notre Dame's head. So let's break it down a little bit. There was a three-way tie at the top of the Pac-12, Pac-10. Pac-12. <laughs> so three teams were seven no, and one. And so Washington's only loss was Oregon. Oregon's only loss was Oregon State, and Oregon State's only loss was Washington. Man, you're telling, me the, you're telling me the Pac-10 was very confusing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. No. That, Imagine that. that. Ah. Seven one seven and one seven and one. Next highest team, Stanford, four and four. <laughs> three teams at three and five. Three teams at two and six. That conference, guys. Big ACC coastal energy. <laughs> okay. Who were Oregon State's big stars? Ken Simonton on the rushing on the rushing side rushed for fifteen hundred plus a little bit yards that year with twenty nine touchdowns. On the other side, on receiving. Kushmanzada, 730 yeah, yards. Hmm? Let me just correct that. It was 19 touchdowns. It was like 29. Good Lord. Oh, sorry, man. I'm so bad with numbers. I'm numerically dyslexic. It always fucks me up. 
Hushmanzada goes for 730 yards, seven TDs, and Chad Ochocinco Johnson goes for 806 yards and eight TDs. So how did it start, the season start? Ken Simonton almost single-handedly helped Oregon State avoid a major upset. He rushed for 200 yards and three touchdowns to make sure they won that game 21-19 over Eastern Washington. It happened. They came back at the very end of the game. It was you know, not I, good. I really think anytime that a Pac-12 school plays a big sky FCS team. It's a bad idea. It is a bad idea, but they're always very close games. And if you survive it, you're 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 gonna have a good season. If you fail, oh, by the way, Eastern ha- Eastern hadn't played a Pac-10 opponent in like since 1908. <laughs> Welcome back. You can see the box score here. Oregon State just scored three touchdowns, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and barely hung on for this thing. They did what they needed to do. They did what they needed to do. <laughs> You'll see this a lot. Oregon State was a very like got most of their yards through the rush anyways. You'll also notice that Oregon State had nine return yards in this game. Eastern Washington had 135. (laughs) This was not great. The other thing you're going to notice this year is this was a heavily penalized Oregon State team. In fact, they still hold the Fiesta Bowl record for most penalties and penalty yardage. In the game, they won 41 to nine. They had 100 plus penalty yards they gave to Notre Dame. So this happens and they win the next games and then it looks like they're trailing against USC. But guys, I want to introduce you to the touchdown possum. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Here we go. Get some audio. And Oregon oh, State man. here is the best run of the year. Nobody going after me. I'm looking at him go. He's doing great. This is amazing. This is great television. Oh no! <laughs> Yay! Yay! I love when the crowd awesome. goes crazy. Good lord. That's amazing. Welcome back to Corvallis, the home of the Beavers. Here at Oregon State, it's USC OSU, Title 14. This is, of course, the home of the Beavers. But there is a possum on the field right now and reaches the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> to the cheers of the crowd. This possum had gone from one end zone to the other, perhaps the best run of the second quarter as far as the Oregon State fans are concerned. Still on the move. Well, I Just wait till they, gra- wait till they try to grab it. It looks like a mouse on a computer screen. Right oh, yeah. Right yeah, I hope it is. This. <laughs> that is pretty funny. We, uh, oh, you, you crowd. Oh, yeah, oh, no. oh, no. just goes crazy. To to guide it off. There we oh, go. Well, that's a little baby. Yeah, it looks like a little baby. Now, that I believe, folks, that <laughs> is a cheaper on, on a bike. On a bike. A bike cop guarding a mouth while the security guard carries the possum by the tail. And the possum oh, is doing right, the possum thing Steve, where it just immediately pretends to be dead. I immediately want to go to Corvallis. By, by the way, that, that is from the official Oregon State Beavers uh, at, uh, YouTube page. Hell yeah, it is. Because <laughs> hey, yeah. they know what's good. That's Football right. Football possum is excellent. So this was the turning point in the season, guys. The possum was the turning point. They, <laughs> they like the, the USC game, they'd been really close. Like the game was kind of close. And then after the possum, blew it open. So, that was the turning so, point. so maybe... Maybe the possum seed was fulfilled. <laughs> I'm going to fire you. Fire <laughs> you. Uh, to quote uh, Oregon State running back Ken Simmonson about this, to beat USC to start the Pac-10 season, we knew right away that we were good. We didn't have to say it anymore, okay? It was on. That was the SAT. That was the entrance exam. 
So that was a, also they broke a 26 game losing streak against the Trojans. Ouch. Oregon State had a lot of those things where like, oh, the record, like this is, oh, these giant records. Now let's talk about the Washington game. This is the what if. Washington lose, uh, Oregon State loses it on a 46 yard field goal with 14 seconds left. They lose it the worst way possible. Everyone was asleep. It was 1.35 a.m. on the East Coast when this happened. Oh. This game had 51 first downs total and 978 yards of offense total. Pac-12 after dark. It was... This is real Pac-12 after dark. It was dark. real oh. Pac-12 after dark. This is the what if, because if this game goes the other way, there's no way that Florida State stays out of the BCS title game that year. Washington had won 13 in a row in this and 23 of 24 in the series. And this was the game that basically would define the season for them. So all the other games were like pretty, pretty close, pretty good, pretty like, like not competitive, but like Oregon State was definitely showing their thing. This was one of the games that basically whoever had the ball last won it. Yes. Right. Okay. But then the rest of the games were all like pretty in the, like, it, like they were, they were close games in terms of like Oregon State handled their business. But then there was the Oregon, Oregon State game. I need to show you the box score for this. Look at the turnover line for me. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oregon threw five turnovers, threw five interceptions. They wait, had wait. more yards. Okay, and- I'm I'm laughing at other things besides the turnover. Go thing. for it, yeah. But yeah, so so Oregon had 34 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 34 34 rushing attempts, 137 yards rushing. But Oregon had 12 penalties for 132 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon State had 39. Uh, rushing attempts, 153 yards rushing. Oregon State had 13 penalties for 137 yards. This team was so fucking penalized. <laughs> Dennis Erickson didn't care. He did not care. I mean, he did coach at the U. He, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is kind of... The brand. This is like the swagger of Miami imported to Corvallis. <laughs> and the penalties. I'm yep. just imagining, like, Oregon State players taunting... It wasn't just taunting. It was it was nut punching. It was all of it. It was like taint slapping. It was it was eye like in the (laughs) eyes. It was all of it. Pit girl just like I think she's she didn't hear taint slapping. (laughs) I think she's dead. Like she like fell. (laughs) Best sign here. Hell hell has frozen. Pigs are flying. Beavers are champions. I'm gonna show a video on this for you guys. Uh, I'm just gonna pull it up because. When they rush the field, it is one of the like most absolute bonkers field rushes I've ever seen. The game, victory formation, and the crowd just peels in. Holy bejesus. Oh my God. That is a field rush, and Oregon's just trying to get out of there. Oh, Oregon got it. Watch the little circle at the bottom around the goal post. The goal post there. Yeah, let's see how long that lasts. It's almost impossible. They didn't get him down. Dude, that was like such a tiny stadium. Research Stadium, so tiny. I know yeah. they're doing renovations now uh, on it, but like back then, oh my god. I mean, you look like like if you look at all the all the attendances, they look small, but not because no one was there. It was because that stadium just did not carry that many people. No. Along the edge of the crowd and out of the stadium. So it is a festive ending here in Corvallis, Oregon, for the Oregon State Beavers as they go 10 and 1. 10 and 1. And there's the sign. 
in their football history. Okay, ABC Sports. Whoa, Nelly, Keith Jackson on the call. Right? Love it. This has been a presentation of ABC Sports, continuing the tradition of excellence. Coming up at 8, 5 Pacific, the Florida Gators and the Florida State Seminoles. How did that game go in 2000? I actually don't know. Florida State won that one. We, that was when we were good. I think we won. Because that was the year that, the last year that we had Chris Winkie. Um, and I think we lost to Oklahoma 13-2. Oh, that was 13-2. Yeah. That was 13-2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so they, they're not going to the Rose Bowl. Okay, that's not going to happen because that, Washington goes to the Rose Bowl. Boo. But they get the Fiesta Bowl and they get Notre Dame. <laughs> and the lead up to this game was great. I'm just going to read you a head, one of my favorite headlines here. Fiesta Pitts glorious versus hideous. Notre Dame is college football. The Four Horsemen, Newt Rockney, the Gipper, classic autumn confrontations and touchdown Jesus looking on. Oregon State's biggest claim to football fame is the longest string of losing seasons in NCAA Division I history, 28 years of rain-soaked misery that finally came to an end in 1999. God. But here's the thing. Oregon State was favored by three. No one treated it like that. Vegas had this game right. No one else did because this was a label game. You look at the labels and you go, okay, there's no way this is going to happen. Who was the quarterback for Notre Dame? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, Matt Lovecco? Matt Lovecco? He was a freshman. That might have been part of the problem. <laughs> Even though they were ranked 11th in the BCS standings, the Irish were chosen by, Fiesta's, by the Fiesta Bowl Selection Committee because of the program's national following. Never heard that before. So 2000 Notre Dame. It wasn't great, guys. They, they lose to number one Nebraska early in the season. They lose to number 23 Michigan State early in the season. But, like, they had to take Air Force to overtime. <laughs> this... This did not feel and like look at the rest of their like competition here, guys. Bad, they took bad Stanford 2014. Come on. This was a suspect team to begin with. And so a lot of the buildup to this, like I said, was very this is the the blue blood versus the new blood. Oregon State blows them out 41 to 9. Oregon State scores 29 in the third quarter. Okay. It was 12 to 3 going into the half, and it already felt like this game was out of hand. And then Dennis Erickson lays down the hammer. By the way, that three was on a last second field goal at the end of the second half. It was going to be 12-0 going into the half. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on, hold on. That's how this The quarterback for Notre Dame was Arnaz, uh, Arnaz Battle. Okay. Oh, Arnaz Battle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he uh, wound up being a wide receiver in the NFL. So, But he's from Shreveport. Shout Shreveport. out to Shreveport. Shreveport makes an appearance again on the podcast. Everything comes back to Shreveport. After the first half, here's... Rushing yards allowed by Oregon State defense. Their defense was very good. The most they'd given up all year was to Washington, 281 yards. Oregon uh, Oregon State had allowed Notre Dame 19 <laughs> rushing yards in the first half. 1.1 yards per carry. Okay. These, these graphics are really taking me back to like NCAA football. It's, it, it really is, They're right? Really? Oh, my God. In the first half, Notre Dame only had 19 yards rushing and only five completions. Oregon State had 246 yards passing, and the game was only 12-3, okay? These are the two my two favorite Notre Dame alums I've ever seen, by the way. Is that Dr. Lee? They're so unhappy. They're so unhappy. That's the Notre Dame Dom DeLuise right there. I I just, I love how he's so unhappy in the, like, Irish guy hat. Yep. Yeah, it just says, like, Irish. I love these hats where it just said, like, the, the name of the school on, like, a white hat. 
or just alum. Irish. And this one-sided victory thing. included a bizarre Oregon State touchdown in the second quarter that should have been called a fumble, two unsportsmanlike conduct, and four personal foul penalties against the Beavers, and a complete domination of Notre Dame's offensive offense by a defensive unit loaded with speed. Get wrecked. The scoring summary. Here's where the fun stuff is, guys. Let's look at find penalties. Yeah, penalties and penalty yards. <laughs> Oregon State, 18 penalties, 174 penalty yards. Notre Dame, 7 for 42. And I think that was their most all season. Notre Dame was a very clean team this year. Hey, wait, 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 wait. So Notre Dame's total yards for the game, net yards, 155. Oregon State had more penalty yards than them. <laughs> Oregon State had 18 penalties, 174. They outgame them via penalty and won 41-9. Yep. They basically gave them another double their yardage. The other thing to look at here is the net yards total. Oregon, I guess Oregon State, 446 to Notre Dame's 155. Let's uh, talk about... Third did, down conversions. Did Notre Dame score a sad touch? They did. They scored the sad touchdown. It was 41-3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sad touchdown with a missed extra point. Oh, they went for two. They got to get back into it. Okay. It was not great, guys. If you also look up here at the very top on first downs, Notre Dame had five rushing first downs, seven passing first downs, and six penalty first downs that Oregon State gave them. So Oregon State gave them... A third of their first downs. Yes. Still didn't help. Most penalties in Fiesta Bowl history, 18, Oregon State. <clears throat> Most penalty yards in Fiesta Bowl history. It's not even close, guys. 174. <laughs> LSU, LSU, LSU 2019 LSU against UCF is number two. Oh. Florida State, number four against Nebraska, 1990. Beautiful. From the yearbook. Crushed, blasted, pounded. No matter how it's stated... The Oregon State University Beavers dominated the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame in the 2001 Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Not one, no one could have helped the Irish in the 41-9 loss, not even Rudy. <laughs> and then the best is that with 4:18 remaining in the half, quarterback Jonathan Smith hit wide receiver Chad Johnson for a 74-yard touchdown. A controversial replay showed Johnson dropping the ball at the one-yard line. I wasn't focused on crossing the line, Johnson told reporters. I made sure I scored the second time. In the article, they go on to call Notre Dame UND, which I think is the oh, most insulting oh, thing. I love that. That's love the most that. insulting thing you can do. Und. Beavers, ba brash beavers bash the Irish. Love it. I think Oregon's I remarkable rise from pitiful to powerhouse is complete. The brash belligerent fifth-ranked beavers backed up the pregame boasts and then some Monday night in the Fiesta 41-9 to route. We got our butt kicked, Notre Dame coach Bob Davies said. We got out coached. We got out played. Uh, by the way, Bob Davies is not long for this world at Notre Dame at this point. Oh, no. At this I'm point, surprised. No. The beginning of the end. What can you say, Oregon State coach Dennis Erickson said? We came out and played in all three phases about as well as we can play. Jonathan well, Smith, the five. Four, four if you include the penalties. Apparently, Jonathan Smith, the quarterback, was mistaken for the team manager when Erickson first saw him. <laughs> <laughs> It was one of the most humiliating nights ever for college football's most storied program. Don't worry, Notre Dame. You lost to Navy a couple years after this, so this wasn't the most humiliating night. <laughs> it's it's the it's the Simpsons meme. Oh, it's Anyways. not the worst day yet. Yeah. It's not worth it yet, right. Yeah, it's the not worst. the worst day yet. Yet. I mean, shout out to 2022 Notre Dame losing to Marshall. That was pretty cool also. Oh, go back up. 
to that? I want to read the last line of that article. Uh, only a late touchdown against the Beavers reserves prevented it from being the worst Notre Dame bowl loss in 24 bowl appearances. <laughs> well, wait, hold on. They lost 41-9, No, no, this was worse. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This game sort of becomes the, like, center point of the Oregon State legacy past this. Fiesta fireworks, Beavers complete dream on national stage. So I, I threw in the chat again since it's 2000 and we were all alive, even though Pit Girl was only five. So uh, I threw in the chat the the Billboard year-end Hot 100 singles of 2000. So peruse that while while Jordan goes over some things and we'll we'll try to pick one of our one or many of the songs of the year 2000 to describe the 2000 Oregon State Beavers. I also wanted to mention in their yearbook, they had this great thing where for all their articles, they had a header and a subtitle that didn't not didn't always like match up. Speaking about the Oregon State men's basketball team, Pac-10 play, big headline, small text, shatters hope of winning season. <laughs> Postseason play, small text, denied by USC Trojans. Congratulations, yearbook staff at Oregon State. You did a great job. <laughs> Pick your favorite year-end Hot 100 single that describes the 2000 Oregon State Beavers. I mean, for me, it really has to be Creed's higher, right? I think, I think, for me, it's higher. But uh, I also want to give a shout out to the Thong song. Let me see that thong. Just because I, I feel like that emotionally feels correct for this team from Miami. So, I mean, the entire Miami team probably was saying, yeah, <laughs> after they won the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> I mean, the- oh, Jumpin' Jumpin', it's such a good song. Oh, my gosh. I need, I need a playlist of all this. The loss to Washington aside, the season was pretty smooth. Man, Matchbox 20 was just all over the place that year, weren't they? Yes, apparently. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, my favorite thing about this season was just the number one song of the year was Breathe by Faith Hill. But it, it was it was never number one on the charts for the entire year. Really? Huh. Yeah, it, it was just very strange. <laughs> it was the number one, number one song. You know, you could throw in maybe a little bit of the amazed by Lone Star because definitely I was amazed. <laughs> I don't know how you do what you do. I'm so in love with you. By by the Oregon State Beavers that year. Or maybe hot shit country grammar. Hot shit. We're going down down beavers. Uh, Oregon State winning so much. Oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart. I won the Pac-10. For the second time. For the second time. So, yes, technically that is again, yes. I was just about to question if it was, in fact, again. Yeah. But it was. It was. That's right. You know, maybe a little uh, shake your ass. Watch yourself. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Show me what you're working with. That's right. Big Pimpin' getting disrespected down at 60. That sounds a banger. There are a a lot very low on this top 100 that I'm like, these songs, at least, like, like, forgot about Dre being 73. Come on now. 
big pimp and spending cheese. cheese. Big pimp and with the Oregon State beeves. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. just a jigger, man. <laughs> See, Waiting Dennis for Erickson. Tonight was only 99. <laughs> That's a great song. Uh, oh, DMX, Party Up in Here. Oh, my oh, gosh. The Beaver's going to make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. That's my mom's favorite rap song, by the way. That's a great song. Yeah. <laughs> your mom has a favorite R.I.P. DMX. She goes, rest in peace, DMX. My mom loves Party Up by DMX. She loves it. Anyway. So good. Yes. Congrats, Beavs. This is your season. And y'all seem to be making, you know, like it's going to, like, like good things are happening at Corvallis right now. I look forward oh. to, to this year for Oregon State. I really do. You know, them ending that 28-year losing record streak. That reminds me of being a Pirates fan, so I really empathize with you Oregon State Beavers because I stuck with the Pirates for 20 straight losing seasons. 28, you know, it doesn't feel like that much more. But shout out to the Beavers. We love you, Oregon State. You know, they're on the up. You know, the quarterback of the 2000 team is now your coach. So let's see where they go. They, they were a lot of fun to watch last year. I look forward to this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. They got a new quarterback in the transfer portal. You know, DJ Ungolele. No, did I say that wrong? I totally it was close. Did. It was eh, ballpark. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I got to get better at that. I'm sorry. But it was great. I, I love this team. It was a lot of fun for me. And again, Dennis Erickson importing the Miami swag to Corvallis. I, I love so, it. So bizarre. I mean, I mean, it, you got two shades of orange. It works out. We will see you guys on Tuesday. I almost shut down the whole thing. Whoops. <laughs> Y'all gonna make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here